Hey, hi, it's Carl here and uh, AJ and Donna. Hey, so we're about to start episode 14 of Ragged Coast into the Sea Caves. Um, this is set on Miss Cutter Isle, which is a Goodman Games module. And let's see, AJ, what did you want to say? Yeah, so. We wanted to ask if people wanted to follow the Instagram. We just made actually a new one because we got locked out of our old one. Very fun. Um, so it's called house, dot, uh, house underscore rules dot RPG. It's a little bit shorter of a name than we had before. You should go follow. We don't have any posts yet. And I think we will we'll, we'll continue with our daily, like, or not daily, but updates on our story about when we're posting things um, and when stuff is going to be uploaded and hopefully we will also get some posts in soon awesome so going re reinvigorating our social media presence and shauna as our big fan guest listener um what do you think about how things have gone in terms of the rescue of claren the Aspen oh, Kutcher, you're my only hope. What a relief. I got to tell you, I was really nervous there for a second. Yeah. Ooh. You ready to see what happens as folks go into, into the sea caves? I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. We're putting it up tonight. Enjoy the listen, everybody. Awesome. Uh, well, welcome back to Ragged Coast. We have leveling up that's in the process of happening. We have character introductions. We have a recap. So we recall what happened from last time. And I think what we'll do is turn it over to Andy for the recap first, and then we can um, go around and do introductions. And then while we're doing introductions of players and characters, um, you can roll hit points for leveling up to level six. And those of you who are multi-class will let everybody know which, which class you leveled up in. And then we will start again on Miss Cutter Island right by the sea caves where we left off last time. So Andy. a recap, a recap from episode 13 titled Aspen Kutcher, you're my only hope. Between Mix and Fence's attacks, Crenshaw's and Mouse, Field Mouse's spells, and Theraval's dramatic running into the surf and issuing commands to Aspen and Drake, the party rescues Claren from the clutches of the Kelpies. The two Kelpies escape into the depths of the ocean and reach an agreement with Crenshaw not to drown any more sailors for two days. The party rests on the Sojourner overnight and then explores the cliffs along the cove the next day. Captain Tellus the Red has agreed to wait for up to a week for the party. She is grateful for their efforts to find the lost crew member and their victory in driving the Kelpies away. The party discovers the ruins of a giant mirror creature statue and its massive pedestal on one of the cliffs. As Crenshaw explores the nooks and crannies of the pedestal, he is attacked by a giant yellowish serpent. Claren casts the spell Speak with Animals, 
and dissuades the serpent from killing Crenshaw. In fact, in exchange for a wild boar hunted and killed by Mick and Fence, the snake explains that there is a mean Nagi who has been hanging about since the purple lights started playing across the sky. The serpent directs the party's attention to the sea caves on the beach below. She's been in there, the nasty thing, he says, before swallowing the pig carcass whole and falling asleep with the, within the protective confines of the pedestal's hidden crawl spaces. Fantastic. So why don't we start with, um, Kevin, why don't we start with, with you for introductions and leveling up tidbits? Hi, my name's Kevin. I'll be playing uh, Theraval Fantastical, who is now a level six Aladrin Arcane Trickster, who is chaotic something or another. Um, uh, Theraval has a familiar named um, Aspen Kutcher, who's a twig blight and rides an owl um, of its own, I guess. And uh, this session, I'm very eager to, I guess, get it, get into this cave, find the treasure, and get out before the any bad, further bad things happen. So let let me. Uh, oh, we're doing level ups, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Before any encounters with nasty nagis. Um, oh, and um, I think we're going to have you not only roll for Theraval. But I think Aspen Kutcher and Drake are each going to get an additional hit dice because otherwise your familiars are going to become very squishy very fast. Okay, so oh, I, I think dice. I roll a uh, D8 for my level up. And I'm doing that in roll 20. Let me just double check that. Yep. I guess I should see what I roll for my level and up. And that's a four, and I have no ones. Yeah, I have a zero constitution modifier, so I have plus four uh, okay. it's there. That's plus 35 two. max and 35 yeah. current. And then if you want to roll a D6 for Aspen and add one and a D4 straight for Drake. Okay. So Aspen got a two, so plus one, so that's a three. Okay, so he's up to 13. And uh, Drake, uh, it's a D4? Uh, yeah. Drake got four. Uh, wow. So good job, Drake. Uh, the, the two that I rolled for him originally were both fours, so he is straight flush almost. And did, did you want me to go through like skills or anything around leveling up or spell changes? Um, yeah, if there's anything that you think that would be particularly useful for the rest of the party to know, um, that might be appropriate, but I don't know that we need every little. Okay. Tidbit. Yeah, I, I think the interesting feature for my class at uh, level six is that I gain expertise in two more skills. So I'm now more proficient at investigation and uh, becoming more aware of my surroundings after learning from such a perceptive party. So I've gained more ex expertise in perception. Sweet. Excellent. 
Would you? And did you pick up a new spell? No, I did not. That level seven. <laughs> okay. When I get two level two spells. Would you remind me um, how you have um, four first level spells? Because I thought I saw in the player's handbook that it that at six it was still three, and I couldn't remember if there was some you, special reason that there no, are four. It says it says spells known are four, but I have three spell slots. Oh, three spell. Ah, okay. So then that's probably my mistake at some point. So you know four spells, but only three spell slots. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's everything. Sweet. So let me throw it over to, to Janae. All right. I'm Janae. I'm playing Clarence Stilcloven, a mixed class fighter druid who has leveled up as a druid this time around because she's learned a lot from Mouse Fieldmouse. Over the last few ventures, she went to school, learned by example, seemed appropriate. Um, so as now a level three fighter and level three druid, I got some new spells, which I think is pretty exciting. Um, pertinently, um, I got one new level one spell and I've chosen create or destroy water, which seemed appropriate with my cool water spell I learned. Um, so I could create things and then manipulate it was my thinking, which I thought would be rad. Um, Very cool. Oh, that was a good synergy. Um, I've also added a couple spells for flame blade because I want to be an animal that morphs and wields a fire sword. That just seems cool. <laughs> um, so that's my whole reason for picking that one. Um, Kung Fu Panda with a flame blade. Um, and then lesser restoration as a healing spell, which I thought would be useful to kind of round out more healing in our party. Um, is, should I popcorn to someone else? Uh, yeah, go ahead. And I think it's particularly cool to have uh, both the water base spell as well as a flaming sword, but the water base just for all the time you all have been hanging out with Tell Us the Red. Yeah, very nice. Be reasonable. Yeah. All right. Popcorn DJ. Good point, sir. Oh, I need to roll hit die. Thank you. Sorry, before I popcorn. Oh, yeah. That's, that's why we're doing all this. Oh, yeah. It's important. All right. I get to roll a D8 and add in my constitution modifier. Um, ooh, not a great roll. Um, I rolled very poorly on hit dice, but plus, so I got, I rolled a three, plus I'm constitution live, rising another three, so I only got six more hit points. Oh, well. <laughs> so I'm, three's not horrible. I'm wondering a little bit, I think, because there's been a couple of times in Claren is, that you've rolled low, and Claren is supposed to be the party tank a little um, bit here yeah yeah you know what why don't you roll that again and three is going to be the minimum but just right. do a d8 one more time it just it's it feels a little bit out of character to have her hit points constantly you know in the lower range of the dice yeah i've been kind of close to death a few times here too which is not ideal um all right oh that's better that's a seven so plus three i get 10 more hit points Major improvement. Thanks, DM. Yay, there we go. Cool, thanks. All right, now popcorn DJ. Okay. Um, Crenshaw is taking another level in Warlock. His connection to the outer planes and the voices in his head is getting stronger. Um, and 
along with that, a couple of things happened. Um, first, I realized that when I took the telepathy feat, I don't think I increased one of my stats. Uh, so I increased my intelligence. So my intelligence is now at an 18 and that increases a whole bunch of skills. Um, and as a warlock, second level, I can take some spells or a spell. Um, so I can now do hellish rebuke. Uh, and yes. mm -hmm. I lacked ways to, to do damage. Um, so I want to be able to hurt things that hurt me. Um, I, <clears throat> as a sorcerer, I swap out one of my spells whenever I get new spells for a different one. And so I've swapped in a uh, darkness at second level. So I can now cast darkness or fog cloud. Um, and as a warlock, I get Eldritch Invocations. So I took two. My Eldritch Blast now does eight more points of damage. And uh, I can see in normal and magical darkness. So uh, I think he's about to get a little scarier. Magical darkness, wow. Mm -hmm. Including my own magical darkness. Oh man, Crenshaw's seen some things. <laughs> Going dark now. <laughs> um, and oh, that's right, I have smoke grenades. There's so many ways to make all of you annoyed with me uh -huh. because you won't be able to see anything. Oh no, I'll just slash through with my cool flame sword as a panda, it'll all work out. <laughs> all right, and I think that's, I think that's it. That's plenty. Okay. Cool, yeah, all good stuff. Um, hit points. Hit points, let's roll. I'm gonna roll in. In roll 20? In roll 20. And because I took it as Warlock, I'm gonna roll a d8. Okay. That's a six. Seems fair enough. Any constitution? Uh, I do have some constitution. I have two constitutions. So that's eight. That's eight, putting my hit point maximum at... 46? 46. Okay. And Glad then you did that math. I was gonna do it wrong. Yeah, and then you're still down four. So you're at 42. Yes. It must have been some of the damage after healing from the from the serpent's yep. initial bite. Yeah. Yeah, because that result was not. I mean, that was actually, I thought Crenshaw took a fair amount of damage there. He did. That was not fun. He did not like that. This 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 module doesn't play. Mm -mm. Yeah. Um all right, you're who are you popcorning to? I am going to popcorn to Andy. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Andy. I'm playing Fence, the sixth level monk. Sixth level is an exciting level for Fence, for his walking speed has gone up another five feet. So he strolls at a casual 50 feet uh, around. And uh, he has one more key point and um, one more way to use that key point. 
Um, of course, he can do uh, physician's uh, touch uh, with his hand of healing. But now, starting at sixth level, okay. when uh, Kazuntite, when Fence uses his hand of healing on a creature, he can also end one disease or one of the following conditions affecting the creature blinded, deafened, paralyzed, poisoned, or stunned. So this will cost him uh, a key point, but he will find it to be worth it. And this will be a way that he'll um, make some friends as a way of mercy monk by um, doling out mercy to uh, people suffering from these conditions in towns and cities that we visit. In addition, now that he's at sixth level, when Fence applies his hand of harm on a creature, it not only does 1d6 plus four uh, damage uh, of necrotic damage with no saving throw, but also that creature is uh, poisoned until the end of the next turn, uh, which means that I believe he makes attacks and saving throws at disadvantage. So uh, that will come in handy for uh, extended combats. And, um, and as I was saying to Janae in uh, the, well, as Janae just said in the chat, um, because now our party has the function of minor restoration uh, relatively inexpensively with just one key point out of six that would be restored after a short rest, uh, I would recommend that she consider a, a, a different druid spell, something uh, fun. Yes, I picked something new already. Okay, um, great. Yeah. Druids can prepare any spells though, right? What do you mean? Druids know all spells, but don't they just prepare? Well, no, no. So you have to, you can choose a new spells anytime at, at night, but you have to have a long rest. So like you pray before sleeping or after sleeping, and then you receive a set number of spells and you have those with you, you can rearrange them every night. You can ask the deity for a different or nature for a different set of spells, but. Got it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and that's Fence the Monk. And um, now I'm going to uh, hand the popcorn over to Nate. Oh, don't do that yet. You want to roll? Oh, I've got to roll a hit die. Uh, the DM, I, if, from my perspective, you can just forget about rolling hit dice. I, I'm quite happy with that. I rolled a five and I have a plus two um, modification because of constitution. So that's a seven. So now I'm moving from 43 hit points up to 50. Very nice. Awesome. Now it's time for that popcorn. And now take it away, Nate. All right, I'm, I'm Nate. I'm playing uh, Mekla Shanantar, the sixth level now bard who is dragonborn and a folk hero. He goes by Mick. And uh, at the sixth level, Mick gets some kind of cool stuff. He is, uh, he now knows how to do a counter charm spell, which may come in handy if anybody tries to entrance us in some way. Um, but the, the really nice thing is he gets additional magic secrets because he's a member of the Bard College of Lore, and those are different, uh, 
different types of spells that aren't typically available to bards. So I have learned the the classic wizard spell Fireball, and also a paladin spell that's called Crusader's Mantle, which will allow me to add um, uh, 1d4 to everybody in the party uh, when I cast that. So that's, I think, going to work well for him as a as a bard and a guy who's trying to be an inspiration. Um, and he also has learned for his third level spell, Tensor's Deadly Strike, which uh, gives him three rounds plus 1d6 worth of um, maximum damage. So uh, we're working on the whole warrior bard thing here. Um, and, uh, and that is it. Okay, so I need to roll... I love Warrior Bard as a title for you. That's pretty sick. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I saw that that was a thing out there on the interweb, so I can't take credit for it. Okay, I want to make sure I'm doing this right. It's one d eight plus one for my Constitution. Sounds right. That's correct. Okay. All right. That is three. Oh. Um. Um. I'm wondering a little bit since I let we let Claren re-roll a low roll. Well, I've I've uh, I've had nothing but low rolls on that. Give, it. Give him another try. Okay, yeah. Do, so okay. at least minimum is that are higher on your second one. Okay. All right. Oh, that's a seven. Okay. There you go. There you go. All right. So. That was initially a 25, goes up to 32. There we go. Thank you. All right. All right. Much appreciated. Awesome. Oh, and we should do Mouse, Field Mouse, who leveled up in Wizard. So that is a D6 from all of her. Um, learning. Oh, I'm Carl. I'm DMing, and I'm also playing the NPCs. Um, in this case, Mouse, Field Mouth, Mouse, a fourth level Druid, and now second level Wizard from all of the studying that she had done at the Lunar Academy. And oh, that is a six. So that brings her up to 32. It's pretty hardy. That's a beefy yeah. wizard. Not not too bad. Well, four of her levels are druid, so you know right. she's got the, the resilience of a, a resilience of a rodent. And if you've ever tried to kill a rodent, you know exactly what I mean. They, oh my gosh, good time. Yes, many lives. Um, all right. So we had the recap. We've leveled up. We are. If you're in roll 20, um, you can take a look. We are on sort of the beach area of Miss Cutter Island, relatively close to the entrance to some sea caves. I actually think you all had not quite come down from the cliffs yet. I think you were up on the cliffs um, where the pedestal was sort of looking down. And if you're in, if you're in roll 20, you're sort of at the top of these stairs, um, looking down into this beach area to the south. And so there's like a beach here. Um, in fact, I think the- You can't see anything in roll 20. 
You can't see. I can't either. Yeah. It's oh, dark. Um, scroll, scroll to your right, and then scroll down. Oh, I see. Yeah. So the area on the map oh, is like you. the lower right. Yeah. Sorry, and I have mine mine zoomed in. So let me go over again with the pointer. So the actually the pedestal was up here. If you recall last time, there was that sea arch that you were looking at. And in fact, the, unlike in the, the recap, um, the, the myrrh creature, whatever it was, statue had toppled down and was sort of lying on the beach water area. And this was an archway that went over. The pedestal was up top here. And these gray areas are like the cliffs themselves. And then there is a stairwell that leads down this area one four here so you could start up here and then trek your way from there on down to the beach itself going down those stairs um the other option is you could just continue to look over the beach but there's an area here that's a sea cave there's an area here that goes into the cliffs, um, the area right down from the cliff that you're on. So if you all are standing up here and you're looking down, this area of the beach is actually flooded with, with water. And then there are some boulders that are in the middle of it, or perhaps not boulders, but you know, sea rocks, very much like the California coast. And I think that's probably all that you can see from, from your vantage point on the cliffs. How high up are we? Um, the cliffs are a good 300 feet up. Oh, well, okay. Um, remind me, there's, I saw where the one cliff is uh, kind of just south and west, I guess, of the stairs. Is the other entrance to the cliffs uh, obscured by the, the kind of shallow water that's near the, the sea rocks at 1-1? Yeah, so this area where I'm clicking here, it's not obscured. You can see a cave, um, but the water is both not is on top of the sand and is also flowing into the cave. So that cave is definitely flooded. Not entirely flooded, but you know, full. And since you're not down there from 300 feet up, all you can see is it that it's water and whether that's an inch of water or six feet of water or more, your guess is as good as mine at this point. I say we start with the unflooded cave. It's reasonable. What, what, what time of day is it? Like, can we figure out like if it's high tide or low tide or like if we waited, whether the water- um, Yes, so Theravall's observations of the the of the of the tides have been that there are two tides in the day so it's a diurnal tide um so uh, uh, two high tides two low tides every day um and let me see what time of day is it for you all i, I suddenly forgot from the last session you had started exploring the cliffs i think at dawn 
like the beginning of the day and you had walked around the coast because you slept after the encounter with the Kelpies. So you had explored, uh, climbed up the cliffs, had explored. By the time you reached the, the pedestal where the serpent attack was, it's probably around um, noon, noon time. And the tide has been coming in. In fact, noon has been, is, um, is a high tide. Um, about six will be a low tide and then midnight will be another high tide. Yeah, unflooded cave and then maybe at low tide later, we could check out the flood one. That makes you sense know, anything to me. Anything interesting <laughs> in the unflood. Well, and to be honest at this, from where you are now, you can't tell if this cave is flooded or unflooded. You can see down the, the canyon area where it is and there's nothing, but you actually can't see into the cave itself. So you're, cause you're up on the cliff edge looking down. So you can start to see that there's an opening there but you can't tell anything inside it. I could turn into a bird and fly down and scope it out if we're interested in getting some reconnaissance before we go. What if there's spiders down there again? Lake water spiders. Oh, that's true. I guess if I- We're gonna go into the dry cave regardless. We may want to save your um, transformation abilities. Uh, I, I forget at your current druid level, all the creatures that you could turn into, but um, it may be that if we run into some big nasties, we're gonna have to have you burn up some hit points with attacks uh, in the form of some animal other than a, a scouting bird. Fair enough. All right, works for me. We'll take the we'll take the plunge. It's not really well. Anyway, okay. we're going. Everybody heading on down. Let me grab the character tokens here, really quick, from another map, and I'm going to try to do this without grabbing the surf that I had drawn in when you were. Battling the Kelpies. All right. And I'm going to just sort of randomly. Uh, place you all near the entrance to the cave and then let you rearrange yourselves in terms of marching order as you head in this way. Also, as you do this, let me read a description of one four of the stairs as you head, head down. What at first appeared to be a fissure in the cliffside reveals itself to be a narrow staircase. Steps hewn from the rock and partially covered with blowing sand lead downwards. Did you say glowing sand? Uh, blowing sand. Blowing. Uh, let me make sure. Blowing sand, yeah. So rock stairs, mostly covered in sand, but, you know. I'm, wel I'm welcome to 
Investigate for traps if anyone thinks that's a good idea for the stairwell. Seems prudent. Oh, you I already figured you came down the stairs. So you've you've climbed oh. down the stairs and now you're about to enter this this area. And the area that's out here that's white, that's the sandy beach. And then once you get into this area here, that's that's where you're going into the cave entrance. So that line right there is the one that indicates entry into underground. Should we do a little like marching order if we go into the cave to determine who goes in first, et cetera? Yeah, I was, yeah, that sounds good. You should rearrange the icons in the way that you all would like to actually enter the cave. Is it a narrow passage? Like, are we gonna have to go single file? Um, so use the spacing on here and try to be on an area that is not gray. So like where Mick just moved, that's not a place to be. Now where Mick just moved, that is a place to be. Got it. I see. So um, I'm trying to remember if I have the uh, highest armor class in the group at 20. And if so, if I should uh, go first, because I'll be the hardest to hit by anyone who might get the jump on us. I have a 21 armor class if I'm wearing my dragon scale shield. I bet I bet you are. And <laughs> I think I might be. <laughs> uh, and that might help if there's any kind of uh, fire trap as well, come to think of it. Yeah, so I can, I can get in front then if you want to get right behind me. Okay. Kind of have our higher hit points. I think now that I have leveled up, um, yeah, well, I, I have fewer hit points than you, not by much. Okay. Yeah, so it makes sense for either the monk or the monk and the warrior druid to, to be first. Um, if you want it, you could, yeah, go there. That would be... That would be fine. Mouse Field Mouse is looking for a place relatively in the center of the party. And Theraval, Aspen, and Drake are going to hang out wherever you are. So does that look like the way that we want to go? That looks good to me. And DJ, I'm going to scooch Crenshaw just one into a square rather than floating outside of them. All right, so we have Claren leading the line, Fence um, roughly in either in second or uh, 1.5, Mouse Field Mouse tucked into the safety of the middle of the party, the Investigator Saucer Wizard Crenshaw behind Mouse Field Mouse, and then Theraval and Mick, um, as well as the familiars bringing up the, the rear of the party. How exciting. Very exciting. What we'll see yes. next. Yeah, and Aspen Kutcher in his, of course, modest twig blight way. I like how his token has managed to have its label and everything else on the very top of things. It seems very Aspen. All right. So we I walk have, into the cave. 
Yes. So I have a little bit of disappointing news for you. Um, as soon as you get close to going into the cave, um, Claren, you notice that that dark gray area is actually water. So this cave is flooded as well. It's just not flooded outside of it and inside. It is only inside with water. But there's also from this grotto, uh, a glowing pale bluish light um, against the walls of, well, let's see. Um, so within like it's, it's noon outside, but as you get to this dark cave, the water and perhaps it's the walls and maybe it's even into the cave itself a little bit seems to be like glowing bluish. Like it looks, well, you know, like a pool that's got lights on in it. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like. So you're looking into this cave and that water should be pitch black. Like once you get 10 feet in the water, it should be all dark. And instead it looks like someone set up a, um, an indoor pool. Although How deep the is the water? Do what? How deep is the water? Can we tell? Um, I don't know. How do you, I mean, you're looking, it's glowing. Do you want to give me a perception check? Yeah. Uh, sure. Yes. That is a 12 plus, that's a 15. Um, yeah, and actually that, like at first here where the cave is, there's sort of a lip and it, it's, it slopes, but it slopes at a pretty steep angle, like at least a 45 degree angle, maybe even a steeper angle down. And it looks like it may get to be your 15 might actually be describing the depth in terms of feet. Like it might be 15 feet deep. Um, the other thing is the cave, the slope of the cave, that 45 degree angle, it's not just the floor, it's also the ceiling. And once you get 10 feet in to where the, the darkness is in roll 20, um, there is like no, no, I shouldn't say no breathing room. There's maybe a foot of breathing room between the, the top of the water and the, the bottom of the cave roof. Excellent. I wonder if we should, um, uh, knowing what we know, if we should invite Crenshaw Jones to the uh, front of the line and ask him what he can see. I was just about to say, it turns out that devil's sight is way better than dark vision. Yeah. Um, so I can see perfectly normally in darkness out to 120 feet. Um, so in color, no low light. It's just, it just works. So I, Crenshaw is going to step up and see what he can see. So let me, let me investigate this for a second. Okay. He's going to step up to the front and then maybe roll an investigation. Yeah. And I guess what I'm wondering here, in addition to the investigation, is like from where you are now um, looking, like you can look, but 
as it slopes down, like you can see, but you're probably not going to get 120 feet vision because the roof is sloping down as well. Um, unless you're like sticking your head in the water and I'm wondering if you're sticking your head in, are you sticking it partly in? Are you, you know, sticking the whole thing in? Um, are you gently poking the, like what interaction are you having with the water first? Because I'm happy to give you the 120 feet vision, but so I need you to get wet first. Um, I'm going to interact with the water like it wants to kill me. So I am going to, when I go up there, unless I can see something from where I am, the first thing I'm going to do is use my free detect thoughts for the day. And that will let me know if there is anyone, if there are any thinking creatures uh, within... Thirty feet of me, yeah. If there, so if there's any thinking creatures within thirty feet of me, whether I can see them or not, unless there's two feet of rock between us. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so nothing thinking within within thirty feet of you. Okay. Um, I'm gonna keep a bonus action to just keep concentrating on that for a while. Okay. Um, and then I think I'm gonna investigate the water, I guess. Since the water isn't alive, I'm gonna start by just perceiving it and see if, you know, it's a, it's a tidal pool. It might be poisonous. There might be something in it. So I'm gonna try and experiment with it a little bit. Okay. See yeah, give me find. go go ahead and give me an investigation roll. But I'm not just gonna stick my head under it. Okay, yeah. If we need someone to drink it, I'll do it. It worked last time. <laughs> yeah, so what go ahead and roll investigation, DJ. Give me a second, I'm just see what, what Crenshaw gets here. Toby, come on, get out of here. 24. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Um, this is my jam. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's definitely a tidal pool. Um, the water is not at all stagnant. Like clearly there's been flowing into here as well as out. You can't see like the beach is a good 120 yards away from where the surf is crashing, even at high tide. So somehow the water is flowing into here, not directly from the beach. Maybe there's, a, you know, somehow there's water getting in underneath, either through the sand or through other cave entrances. Um, so it's fresh, not or salt water, but not, not stagnant, briny. Um, for the life of you, you can't figure out what the hell is causing the um, the pale bluish light. Um, I mean, it's like, is there a lamp light? Is it something magical? Um, it's it's in there, but it's further 
in like it's it's in the water and it's like someone has well, stuck things along the walls every 10 feet or so but not very heavily in this area that you're in okay so you're like you know standing right at the edge you've played around with the water you've you've sort of touched it cautiously and it's not like eating through your skin or anything maybe you scoop some up in a test tube being very very cautious and as you did so like maybe some touched your fingers and you're like nope it's not acidic my touch of the water hasn't like instantly brought the water alive as a murderous creature um did we establish whether the water water is stagnant or moving Maybe that it was like a pool, but that means like a stagnant pool or like a whirlpool. Uh, yeah, so not, not a stagnant pool was I think what Crenshaw found was it was it was being replenished. And maybe okay. it doesn't seem like there's any flow coming from behind as far as he can tell right now, but it doesn't seem stagnant. So uh, clearly high tide will flood this. Okay. It's his theory. Um, I think it might be worth swimming down in to see right well and it's high tide now okay well that's good to know so it's high tide now so it must be coming from somewhere in the back there must be an opening somewhere in the back where the water's coming in yes with the 24 i'll agree with that um so a couple of us could swim down in or if one of us could turn into a a water animal at your service um <laughs> yeah let me see what i think what kind of water animal can i be uh, those yeah. of us without armor could also swim in addition i have a, a concern we sometimes get in trouble when we um divide the party or send people out by themselves so uh, as someone who doesn't wear armor, I will uh, volunteer to uh, accompany whoever's going into this uh, water. I mean, if I could be a large water animal, someone could ride on me to get through it. Um, like if I was a, uh, a whale or a dolphin, I could easily fit a creature on my back. You could hitch a ride. I don't know if there's room for a whale in uh, this particular <laughs> cave, but a dolphin's a fun idea. Mouse, field mouse goes, I've been watching the dolphins. I could change into one too. Oh, two twin dolphins frolicking in the pool. I'm in. Purpo porpoises. <laughs> porpoises we, with purpose. We found our purpose in life. Uh, field mouse right. is extraordinarily excited about the idea of a dolphin and a porpoise. <laughs> Does anyone have a little jar? I, I'm afraid for little for Drake getting his feathers wet. Can't Drake just fly? It's a bird. Through the water? Is it enough room for him to clear above the water? I want there's, to there's, jar. there's a foot of clearance above. So he could he could fly, but it would be within a oh, 12 inch. Oh, I see. Okay. Drake could ride on my um, head while I'm swimming. All right, deal. They oh. perch. All right, yeah. I'll uh, I'll transform. I'll use wild shape transform into a dolphin, and if anyone wants to hitch a ride, 
and go on a sea world adventure, um, they can. <laughs> I jump on um, Claren's back. <laughs> I make a annoyed dolphin sound and try to blow some water through my blowhole at you. <laughs> but I can't speak, obviously. So it's the only way I can express my annoyance. All right. I, I am. I retort back. <laughs> oh, I know I have a dolphin Tolkien in here. Maybe I'll just use the search feature to so see. So, wait, did Mouse happens. also become a dolphin? Are we actually dolphin buddies? Oh, yeah, you're dolphin buddies. Yes. This is the best. <laughs> oh. Whoa, I don't want all of that. Just stop. Oh. Just stop black socks in here. They go. All right. All right. Well, I'm not immediately getting a dolphin, so you all may have to be more fish-like here in that's terms cool. of the icons. That's idea. But yeah, that's, oh, I lied. There's, uh, it looks very fat when it's done like that. There we go. A sea turtle? Oh, it's a dolphin. Yeah, that's a dolphin. Um, so Crenshaw has a lot of things in his bag that he doesn't want to get wet. So he's going to keep his armor on, but leave his bags behind. So he's going to put his bag up on the stairs. Okay. Bag over on the stairs. And let's see, uh, Janae and Kevin, whose is it? Should I give control of the dolphin icon to? I think to me, I think they're both just kind of hitching a ride. Okay. Not as a, a driver, but as a, a passenger. I'm going to glamour my armor to look like a SeaWorld wetsuit. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. Um, all right. So this. Finn is Claren. We have the laugh track behind us. It's very authentic. <laughs> I'm glad there's one fan out there in the splash zone. Ready. <laughs> Mouse field dolphin. As well, then we're going to hitch a ride on Mouse. I think she could take someone on board if they didn't want to. I could take someone, she says. Um, all right, so we'll move the Mouse Field Mouse token over here and the Claren token over here. Pretend they're not there. We will get rid of this green fishy version of a dolphin. And um, both the dolphins and Crenshaw, especially if Crenshaw's head goes under the water, can see further into the cave. Um, so let me just make sure I'm, I understand who's riding on what and how you're going into the cave. But I'm also, as we do that, I'm gonna give a little bit of a polygon reveal so you can see some of, of the flooded cave that you are going into. Whoever lives in this cave, they're definitely not expecting this. 
Definitely not. All right, so we have Claire and the Dolphin heading in first. Mouse, Field Mouse, the Dolphin. Heading in second oh, and making it two. So heading off to one side. So who's riding on, on which dolphin and who's swimming as you go in? So I think Theraval's riding on Claire and the dolphin. I right. should move Theraval. There we go. Fence will swim. Aspen and Drake are riding uh, fence. <laughs> Crenshaw, do you want uh, mouse? Uh, no, I'll swim. Okay, then I'll I'll ride mouse. Okay. I, yeah. My my armor is only leather, and my uh, my okay. athletics is at twenty two for I'm, swimming. Yeah, I'm I'm on. Uh, yeah, no, I've got the leather armor and similar deal. So excellent, and maybe. Um, Nate, since you're riding on mouse there, I'm gonna also let you control mouse, field mouse, the dolphin's token. Okay. Feel, I, I mean, I can still move it myself as well, but okay. seems like that would make sense. All right. So we are heading into this heart grotto. Um, so visibility wise, I've got Crenshaw able to see, I have Theraval with dark vision able to see, Claren and Mouse Field Dolphin are able to see with sonar. Mick um, is probably not able to see much, but dark water rushing mm -hmm. around him. And Fence, I don't know where, you're swimming? But right yes. now I've got you on dry land. So. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was waiting till the rest of these folks went for because I didn't want to. Okay, yeah. Proud them. The, I enough. also was reading dolphins have rods in their eyes. It allows them to see in the dark. So they will be able to locate not only through echolocation, but through their superior um, natural dark vision, as it turns out. I read on National Geographic, so it's legit. Or excuse me, <laughs> animals.mom.com. That might not be as legit. I better look for a more reliable source. <laughs> but does it apply to fantasy worlds as well? Um, all right. Dolphinsforkids.com might have the answer. I'll have more. Yeah, dolphinsforkids.com would not want to see what you're seeing because <laughs> against the walls of this ghastly place are bones and other remains in various states of decay, as well as what look to be human skeletons. Someone or something has carefully arranged these remains here, placing skulls against stalagmites, arranging similar bones in circular patterns, and standing the skeletons erect. Some of the bones are yellowed and old, but others appear disturbingly recent. Also with your sonar, um, you are able to hear that there is something swimming in this vicinity. And I'm gonna ask us to roll initiative because as you all dive in, the something recognizes that there's new fun creatures to play with. Just playing, right? This is exciting. Ooh, and ball. here I will drop the initiative sheet into chat. So if you can take your take your name tag and rearrange it in the, the column. 
And uh, let me see if there's any dex modifiers on this beastie. And I also have to roll for mouse field. Ooh, well, mouse field mouse. A mouse field dolphin. Mouse field dolphin. I'm still enjoying this conceit a whole lot. Yeah. Um, oh, dang. Yeah, she is quick, quick, quick. Um, so mouse field dolphin is in. And she is going to swim forward. Mick, you're along for the ride at least. Okay. She's gonna swim forward. And then with her, when her sonar confirms that there is a creature up to the north, she sort of waits, Mick, and is waiting for you to press like, do you want her to turn into the cave that's over to the the west? I'll give you all a little bit more visibility, although this is probably more dolphin visibility than it is um, human visibility. But she's you can sort of tell Mick just from her sense that she's there's something that she's recognized up here. And I'm curious, do you want her to swim the rest of her movement this way? Or do you want her to swim towards the thing? Do you want to try to attack it? Um, well, I think we need to stop there and, and, and let that thing come to us. So if that means going, let me see if it's like up here where there's a, can you see that? Yeah. Where yeah. Like so she, she swims, woo, not, yeah, she swims mm -hmm. and sort of turns that right direction. Mm -hmm. Um. And that's okay. So that's the that's that's mouse field mouse's um, turn, and then it brings us to Theraval, Aspen, and Drake. Um. So, what 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 what's physically going on that's cueing us? Like we hear uh, that they're about this monster. Is there like a splash in the water or? Yeah, well, so for the dolphins, it's it's sonar and mouse field mouse certainly once she gets up there is able to see it. Um, on the back of Claire and the dolphin, you're going through the water. Um, it's a little bit weird because Theraval is earlier in the initiative order than Claren is, but once Claren would move up to like this point. Theraval, you would then be able to, with your dark vision, see the creature. And it looks very much like it does on the token. Um, the bottom three quarters of it is this long 
flapping mer-like tail and the top of it almost looks like a lion's head. Although I say a lion's head, it's much, it's like green and then it's mane and everything is much more like pieces of kelp that are wrapping around. So it's a, a mer beast um, with a quote lion head, but think of the lion head in terms of sea colored stuff. Yeah, Thurbo, I think, you know, even though I'm slower than you, you do have the ability to sort of, as as the writer, move me a bit. You could compel me to move. Yeah, I'm going to um, kick my, like, heels in. So I click my heels into the uh, Claren and kind of, like, whisper, like, giddy up. And, then, and like, you get close to it. I'll, I'll stab it. And, like, I'm going to cast Booming Blade. And I'm going to take out my benefit like that venomous dagger and cast booming blade which believe it or not has no verbal component um so like I, I like to imagine the blade kind of like starts to vibrate like as if it's going to let out like a, a little boom or something if i like connect it with someone all um, right i find this incredibly disrespectful but we have to fight a monster here so i will i will comply and I don't know, a Aspen and, uh, and Drake are still along for the ride. Okay, so they're, they're still on with, with Theraval on Claren. Yeah, may maybe they, they clench Fence's hair a little, little tighter to get. <laughs> oh, oh are, they swimming? are they swimming with Fence? I think they're on my head. Oh. <laughs> okay. This is so goofy. Aspen on Drake, Drake on fence. Drake <laughs> okay. on the fence. It's like kids in a trench coat. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay, so then waiting for fence. Do you want either Aspen or Drake to have any sort of readied action or we'll just see next round what they're doing? Um, I, I, I'd like for them to like fly in and help if, uh, and do the help action if, as soon as they see something. Okay. Um, and then my sense is that Mick and Theraval, well, would you all describe how, so basically this, this is 15 feet deep water in most of the cave. I mean, it's a rocky bottom, so it varies a little bit. And there is about a foot of water, a foot of air between the roof of the cavern and the, um, and the top of the water. So. I don't know in terms of the dolphins, like, are you trying to keep your heads above water? Are you mostly below water? Are you swimming below, but then every 15, 20 feet going up so the riders can get a breath of air? How, how are you going through the water as you're doing this? Well, Claren's in control and I'm just holding my breath, I guess, but. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you I, some, you know, I'll kind of like, dip in and out a little bit you try to keep you mostly dry and above water but like I've got to breathe too um so I have to kind of periodically come up a little higher for yeah so I'm gonna remember like... every every round is only six seconds so I mean you could easily this first round I mean you guys can hold your breath for six seconds and get all the way over there okay yeah yeah so the, it, it's not a sure. problem but I'm just sort of wondering generally like you're turned into dolphins, you have riders, you're going into the cave, there's a creature. Is there anything that you're trying to do deliberately 
you know? Yeah, I, I, I listened to their whole suggestion that he wants to get closer and try to stab it. So I'll, it seems like a reasonable plan, which is something I can't believe I'm thinking, but um, dolphins aren't that smart. So my, my intelligence might be a little stunted. Dolphins are very smart. You didn't finish reading that Nat Geo or Dolphin Kids. Song. <laughs> I did not finish reading the Dolphin Kids article. All right. So, Theraval, you are close to the Beast. Would you like to stab it? Oh, yeah. Hand? I'm going to stab this thing. Yeah. Let's go. Let's roll it to hit. Okay. Get some stabbing going. Um, coming along. Uh, that's a, uh, a natural 20. Wow. All right. You're really double. feeling like the sea world captain now. Oh, that's a, well, not, that's not a natural 20. That's a, unnatural. Unnatural. Oh, well, I'm that's so not, not doubles all around, but that is a hit. Still exciting. Um, so that is, oh, whoops. That is seven points of damage. All right. I think that they have to make a constitution saving throw. Uh, what's the DC? Uh, this is a dagger of venom. So the DC is 15. Uh, okay, uh, so 16 with their constitution modifier. No. Yeah, so save me. And then any damage from that are it's no. Like, okay. Next time. Oh, but, oh yeah, I'm sorry. They also take an additional from booming blade. Um, boom. Um, if they move, they take an additional. 1d8. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Because I'm I'm writing um uh I'm writing Claire and I, I have sneak attack damage. Ooh, there you go. Oh yeah, right. That's an additional 13 damage. Okay. So all right, that is quite a a cut into the Merbeast, right where the sea lion's head meets um, the scales of the fish of the fish body, but that brings us to the sea lion's turn, and the sea lion now has a choice of. two tasty things to attack. Um, the dolphin meat. <laughs> Doesn't they want to play? We're kindred spirits. Oh. We share tales. And this might appear strange, um, but this thing not only has like fishy fins, but in one of those fins, it has a trident. So what? in it, it's striking with the trident 
at the rider that just stabbed it, but then it's using its other fin, which is both a fin, but also ends in a claw to do a raking attack at the, at the dolphin. So Rude. we'll do the claw attack first. The claw attack is a 24 to hit. Yikes. So that will hit Claren and that does five, that does nine points of damage on Claren. Okay. How many hit points does the dolphin? Have? Oh yeah, good point. Oh, oh yeah, you if you can look that up, I, we, I will. I'll just put it as minus nine to your dolphin farm. Yikes! Dolphins uh, only have eleven hit points. Okay, so yeah, so and when you get to zero in dolphin form, you transform back to to Claren. All right. So still in dolphin form, but just barely. Not for long. <laughs> the the trident which swings at Claren. You mean at Theraval? Sorry, Theraval is a <laughs> unnatural 20 to hit. And uh, can I use my feet, to, uh, lucky feet to re-roll that? Um, sure. That is, that's a 23, so higher the second time. But it's not natural 20, right? Uh, not a natural 20 on either one. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought the first was a natural 20. Oh, no, no. The first was an unnatural 20. Oh, okay. Well, all right. That's fine. Okay. Um, would you want me not to re-roll that? That's okay. Yeah. So hold on to your feet. That's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll work on articulation here and also not throwing our dice on the floor. Um, that is a 12 points of damage to Theraval. Okay, ouch. Um, I think with uncanny dodge, um, as a reaction, I can take half damage. Okay, every so, so take six damage. So six, so instead of 23, you're at 29? No. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Right, so you sort of uncannily pull away from the trident as He's shoving it towards you there. And I think that brings us to, um, to Fence. Excellent. So uh, Fence is going to swim forward. Now, I don't know what Fence's swimming speed is. We know that his walking speed is immense, but he'd like to get uh, as close as he can to the attacking creature. Um, yes, so, wow, interesting question. So swimming speed would typically be um, 30 feet. No, swimming speed would typically be um, like half speed, so like 15. So let's just make it half for, for so That would be 25 feet. Okay. Um, because my walking speed is, uh, so yeah, thanks for measuring that for me. Yeah. So then I would get just about that far then. Is that what you're saying? Uh, unless you wanted to dash in which you could go 50, but then you won't be able to attack. Would I be able to, if I angle it right, uh, be able to uh, swim and then shoot an arrow? Or does that not seem uh, possible in this environment? Yeah, so I'm wondering, do you want to try to shoot an arrow 
underwater. So there's nothing like the attack is all happening underwater. Okay. Um, I guess I'm wondering if I can see with my dark vision, if I can see this creature, if I could, I might be able to shoot an arrow at it. If I can't see it, then I'm just going to swim as close as I can and get closer on my next turn. Yeah, so I'm happy to say that you're able to see it. Um, I'm just trying to figure out how from either one of any of these areas that you would be able to shoot an arrow at it because there's a foot above water, but there's no action that's happening above water. And then shooting an arrow underwater. Yeah, I don't think that would work. Yeah, so I, I don't see I don't see an aerial attack being possible. Great, uh, then then I just get uh, as close as I can. Oh, and you said that I could uh, dash and so that I could get closer and get into the mix. Yeah, so you could definitely move up to any one of, you know. Would I be able to get as far as right here? Um, I can't see where you're. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes, you could go there, definitely. Great. Then, uh, then that's what I uh, do. And if it's not clear to anyone else, uh, I yell that we've got um, a marauding uh, triton-bearing sea lion, <laughs> trident-bearing sea lion, in the north part of the cave. Uh, in case you know anyone hasn't been communicating to our dolphin friends. And then that's my turn. Excellent. And that brings us to Claren. Although Claren, you've already moved, but if you want to do an attack or a spell action, that's that would certainly be this would be the time to do that. Yeah, I was wondering. I couldn't find a clear answer whether I can perform magic in wild shape. Um, I would like to. Okay, yeah. so I think in wild shape you are able to perform magic. Um and but attacking with a weapon while transformed. Assume the beast hit points and hit dice. Da, 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 da. Oh, you can't cast spells. And your ability okay. to speak or take any action that requires hands is limited to the ca capabilities of your beast form. Got it. Um, so, although interestingly, it doesn't break your concentration on a spell you've already cast. Get to know for the future. Works. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it does have a slam attack. A dolphin does. Yeah, I was trying to see if I could use one of my fighter battle maneuvers as well to, um, yeah, I would like to take a precision attack. That's one of my maneuvers as a fighter in dolphin form, which allows me to expend a superiority die to add to the role. So I'd like to use a precision attack to like, as a dolphin, I think my teeth are pretty sharp. I'm gonna to try to bite this creature and like tear off part of its tail. Okay, do you have the stats for the dolphin for uh, for the dolphin's attack? Good question. Um, yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I, I never imagined being bit by a dolphin. They also always seem so playful, but yeah, they do have, they have the teeth. They got those big teeth. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't wanna be a, um, a sea lion getting bit by a dolphin. 
seems not great. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's actually how they attack, but that's how Claren imagines they'll attack. She hasn't been around with a lot of dolphins, so. Um, ooh, that is an 18 with a, with my strength test as a dolphin, that's a plus two. Oh, it's a plus four to hit, so that's 22. That's a hit. All right, and then I don't know what I'd roll for bite. Oh yeah, so I see, got it, 56. Ooh, that's four damage. Ah, very nice. I think more with 72 to 100. Oh, I didn't add precision. Sorry, I didn't add my precision attack. Kevin's right. Uh, need to add my superiority dice. Uh, All right. As you're doing that, I, I think we have to read the fun fact that Andy just posted in the chat. Bottlenose dolphins have 72 to 104 teeth. <laughs> Dolphins do not use teeth to chew. Instead, they use their teeth to catch food and then they swallow it whole. Nice. I don't think you're swallowing the sea lion whole, however. Not this time, I'm afraid. But 72 right. little bite marks are going to be hurt like Yeah. Okay, so I'm using one of my superiority dice to add more damage. So that's another four, so it's going to be eight damage to it. Okay, a uh, total of eight damage? Yep. Okay. Well, while in dolphin form, attack as a dolphin. Um, that brings us to Mick. I, I take it this guy has a trident he's wielding around that is is made of uh, what iron or something. Or um, do I need to? Uh, that's a really good question. Let me just check um, if there's any specifications about what metal it is um yeah i would assume it's maybe stainless steel because it's underwater and you not, it's not conch shell or anything like that so i'm gonna cast heat metal okay yeah. um and and try to uh burn this guy and get him to drop it okay um let's see what is that And what level spell is heat metal? This is a second level spell and the object takes 2d8 fire damage. And does he roll or do I roll to-, to uh... Oh, you do, yeah, do 2d8 to, okay. to the trident. All right, and- uh... Is there any modifier on that? I'm trying. Yeah, probably. There's probably no. not a modifier. Okay, so mostly not. Um, and what would um, Nate? What's the DC when you do a spell attack? Oh, uh, let me see. See, on some of my things, it lists it, and this one does not. Um, let me see. Well, it's, yeah, so it's generally your charisma, it's eight plus your proficiency plus your charisma modifier. Okay, so my charisma modifier is plus three. My proficiency is plus three. So that would be 14. So. Um, it, so it's, it's, you can see it starting to glow. Um, 
but it looks like he decides to to hold on to it and not not drop it and it's not quite enough to get him <clears throat> to to drop it in addition to the thing being hot itself um it certainly is burning his hands and causing some damage but it's not where he releases and lets it go okay so that's where the six points of damage is coming in yeah okay and i believe well and that's also to to the item itself so there may be something that happens right because i the other thing is uh i i can use a bonus action on each of my subsequent terms turns to cause the damage again when i attack so oh okay. sure that, that is also a a factor yeah okay. and i'm not and yeah and i'm not saying that he took all six damage from it but he did take some in addition Got to it. the item itself also getting damaged understood okay so um, if we don't if we don't off this guy i've got that as an option for the second attack sweet yeah well okay. and it's a bonus so you can do another attack plus right. that as a bonus action got it nice um crenshaw um crenshaw is gonna move up to there that's 25 feet for him okay and uh how does this thing look um how does this thing look yeah uh, are we is it like really bloody or just a little battered in between those two and i'm okay. also showing you a little bit more of the cavern the area that you swam into because you have that extra long dark vision do you mm -hmm. want to come in okay there's no one else in here but me but you're welcome to be in here dogs hmm. all right i I'm going to use my action since it hasn't been a minute yet. I don't know. Has it been a minute? Oh, no, no. It's been six seconds. So, so yeah, it hasn't been a minute since I first said, I don't detect any thoughts. Um, and this thing is going to need to make a wisdom save. Okay. I am going to try and pull some thoughts out of its head. Um, all right. And the DC for that wisdom save? is uh 15 15 all right this is going to be close i need to look at wisdom modifiers ah no he does not make it okay so what i am probing deeper into its mind uh okay. i gain insight into its reasoning its emotional state and something that looms large in its mind Hmm. All right. Um, well, so its emotional state right now is dinner. She's brought me dinner again. I'm hungry. I love it when she brings me the smushy ones. Ow, damn, that's not smushy. It's making my metal hot and it bit me and stabbed me. I'm gonna kill it. So I, at that moment, um, <clears throat> I am going to speak into its mind telepathically. And uh, we don't need to share a language. It just needs to have a language. Okay. 
and I am going to um, say yes. Give me a second. Okay. <clears throat> We oh no, what I'm gonna say is you will not survive this. Give us your mistress and you can swim away. And I'm gonna make an intimidation check because that is just suddenly in its head. And that's a plus four on that intimidation. So let's, that's only an eight. Okay. Um, yeah, not, um, you've, you have said those things to it. It's thoughts, you can tell that it, it has like understood and mm -hmm. is perhaps hungry, hurting, and angry. And even though it's not scared of you, it's taken a fair amount of damage and is thinking about what you've said. Think hard, sea lion. Um, that brings us to mouse, field dolphin. Um, Unable to cast spells, um, a bard on top, and a little worried about the amount of damage that has fallen on her friend. Um, Janae, you have the stats for a dolphin? Yeah, I can, I'll put them in the chat. Uh, yeah, when, actually, just tell me what damage is, because Mouse Field Mouse, like, Claren has been hit by this thing. Mouse Field Mouse swims right into it and just tries to bite down on it with the little yeah. dolphin teeth. And, oh, yeah. well, I, even with pluses, I rolled a two. So she is furious. Mick is, like, holding on the back, and she snaps, like, in the general direction of it. Um, and it's sort of like, oh, I don't know how to do this with 144 teeth. It's hard. Even with a slam attack. Oh, well, yeah, you can try. That's a, that's a miss. Um, Theraval, Aspen, Drake. Um, so, so is this creature above water a little bit or below water? No, all this combat is happening below water. Okay. Um, hmm, okay. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm going to cast a uh, Booming Blade and then slash it again. Okay. Um, I mean, and, and what, 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 what Theraval's thinking through his head is like, gosh, this creature is magnificent. I would love this in, in, my, in, in a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, we're going we're gonna to roll two hits. I guess you could try to take the head as a trophy. I shouldn't suggest that to you. Um. I believe that 14 is a hit. Um, let me 
check really quickly though, but I think it actually does hit. Yes, that's a hit. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're going to roll uh, 1d4 uh, plus 3d6 for uh, sneak attack damage uh, plus 5. So that is uh, 20 damage with sneak attack. Okay. And if it willingly moves away, more like moves, uh, it will take 1d8 more. And sorry, I need to check to see if it has to make the constitution save again. Oh, from the from the dagger? No, once it's made the save, just like when you all make a save against a monster. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it can't be used this way until the, yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, awesome. Aspen or Drake? Um, you know, I don't want them to get wet. Okay. Um, but actually, can I fly them over um, behind this sea lion thing so that we're all, we kind of surround it or like corral this thing in the other direction to prevent it from just going through the tunnel behind them? Oh, nice. You want to like, so like move me again to do that? Well, no, no, move. Yeah. So they're, they're now, now to be fair, they are above water that direction and he is below water. Um, and, but I'm going to show you a little bit of something extra. This is what Aspen actually notices from that new position. And I'm not quite sure that a twig blight could see very far in the dark, but the water ends and there is a cave that is dry, um, or, you know, as dry as any sea cave is, um, to the north there. So there is not a path for the creature to retreat that direction unless it's able to flop up and breathe breathe on land. Does um, that make does that make sense? And I, I mean, I'm just trying to do all this positionality in a dark cave. Yeah. The battle is happening below water. You've got Aspen and Drake flying in this foot of air that's above water. And as they fly over there, your mind connection with Aspen is like, oh, there's yeah, but ask him can see. Yeah, of a cave up this direction. Mm -hmm. Got it. All right, that brings us to the beast. Um, Crenshaw, what did you use last time to communicate with it? Oh, you're muted. You're muted. I used my uh, telepathy of the great old one ability from my patron. Uh, so it's, it is two-way telepathy. So that channel is still open. Yeah. And a, a, so I'm wondering, it's, so there is this deep, like abysmal language response to you. So it is like, like there's like a bubbling before you were getting like raw thoughts as you penetrated into its mind it's now speaking well you know but it's a dark evil you know dory whale not a happy dory whale type of language back um 
is hurting and I'm trapped, maybe a deal, but I, oh. And then it is clearly thinking it's in the middle of the fight. So it's like partially trying to parlay with you all, but it is also going to continue to strike because it's got these two dolphins going at it. Um, it is going to use the um, hot metal um, trident and strike at Nick. And it's going to use the claw and strike at, oh, um, at Theraval. I have a quick question about that trident strike. I wonder yeah. if even underwater, uh, if it did, because it didn't let go of its weapon, if it attacks, it disadvantages the uh, spell says for heat metal. Um, yeah, let's do that. Um, although its initial role was not, yeah, its initial well role was not. That's right. Yeah. That hot, but we will then stick with that one. Um, so that is a fourteen on um, on Nick. All right, my armor class is fourteen. Uh, okay, so. Oh, uh, yeah, and then the other one would have been better. It would have been an unnatural 20. So that is a hit with the, with the trident. And I'm going to reduce it from 3d6 to 2d6, given that the metal itself is, well, you know what? I'm going to reduce it to 3d6, but I'm going to add a d4 from the heat. Um, Ooh, that is nine, 13, and four. So 17 points of damage on Mick from the Trident. Okay. Links. Um, where is Mick here? So, so that would be down to six, actually down to 15. 15. Yep. Um, and then the claw strike at Theraval um, is a 12, which I think will miss, right? Yeah, Theraval has a 17 armor class. Um, so yeah, we have a little bit of abysmal communication, but not complete disengagement. And that brings us to fence. Wait, it missed Theraval, right? It did miss Theraval, yes. Okay, Excellent. Well, Fence didn't hear any of that conversation uh, between Crenshaw and this beast. And so uh, it attacks, or he uh, attacks the creature with his spear, uh, rolling a seven, and I think his plus to hit uh, one moment is uh, plus nine, so that is a 16. That's a hit. Excellent. And so it does um, six plus six, 12 points of damage. Um, would you like to describe the way the creature dies? Yes. So uh, Fence goes for the throat and uh, impales it right through 
its uh, maned throat and then says, <clears throat> fish kebab, anyone? Um, yeah, it it goes, and there is sort of, well, it's not greenish, it's reddish blood that starts to spread out through, through the water here. Do we, um, now that we've killed this creature, uh, do we sense any other um, presences or hear any other uh, creatures in this cave? And if uh, not, I recommend that we um, uh, paddle over to uh, dry land and attend to uh, mix injuries as well as any of the rest of us. Injured dolphins. Yeah. Yeah, so there, in this cave, there does not appear to be any other creatures. Um, I assume for heading to dry land, you're following Aspen Kutcher and Drake up to the north? Yes. Uh, yeah, if that's where we see dry land. I mean, I am curious about all of these skeletons and, you know, if and where we're going to find any uh, treasure, but we might want to wait for the tide to go out before we do a, a thorough search. Yeah, so do you want to do any searching uh, before? So are you booking it up there to the dry land? Or are any of you spending a little a time attending to and looking at the, um, the small bones arranged in circular patterns, the standing skeletons underwater um, as you're getting out? I am definitely attending to those. Okay. Um, so let me say, well, go, go ahead, uh, Nate. Nate. Well, I, was just, I, I missed the last bit that Andy said, but I think somebody needs to grab that trident. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, a perception check on that. And, yeah, no, no. So Mick, yeah. why don't you take that? You've grabbed the trident. Yes. And I'm, I'm assuming everyone is heading out. The last one out of the water is going to be Crenshaw, the way that I'm hearing this. Um, and Andy, is Fence heading out? Of, you could certainly hop out of the water first into that room, which might be a good idea, but also there might be a really good reason to like linger and not have Crenshaw be the only one left in the water. Um, where does yeah. that sense? I'll stick around the water. And I, I recommend, like, I don't, I don't need to get on dry land right away. I think you know, eventually that should be our goal for at least those of us who are not dolphins. But... Um, <laughs> We should probably, if we can, if we can search pretty easily at this juncture uh, for gold or clues, uh, then I think that that's a smart thing to do. I'd rather we keep the party together. Okay, so I guess I, what what's tell me what's happening here because I I had different vision um, for different senses of what you all could do, and I, I, I guess tell me what's happening. Is anyone moving, is anybody moving up immediately into the dry land that's to the north? No, so I think Claren is gonna take Theraval on a little jungle cruise um, around the waters, um, kind of following the party. Um, is there anything special that Claren, by extension a mouse, field dolphin, um, can see extra well <laughs> given their aquatic nature at the moment. 
Um, yeah, so let's both you and Mouse Field Mouse roll a perception check at advantage. Ooh, that's good. Um, oh, right, my dolphin stats. Thank you. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, wait, what's the modifier for perception? Wisdom, right? Uh, still good. It's a nine or 19, <laughs> not a nine, 19, 18 plus one. Okay. Um, yeah. And she's, she's at a 17. So mouse field mouse is swimming around a little bit. I'm going to turn her this direction. She swims out this way. Mick, you have the trident, but you are still on mouse field mouses back. Um, this visibility that I'm doing at the moment is because of the dolphins, not not visibility for the rest of you um, into the cave. And let me do some of the items that you're finding in this um, this rather hard grotto here. Um, so two of the skeletons are definitely human. Um, they're still garbed in tattered clothes and leather armor. Um, one of them appears to be wearing um, like a short sword of some sort. And the, there are definitely pouches and other things if someone wants to inspect the, the skeletons. Yeah, I think it's appropriate for you to do so. I, I, I'd like to inspect the skeletons. Okay. I'd like. Uh, yeah, so give me a investigation check. Ooh, I'm good at that now. That's a 24. All right, well, with the DC wow. 14 intelligence investigation check, you find... Um, a small emerald worth 850 gold pieces um, wedged in the sole of one of the skeleton's left boots. I take it. It's in the boot. Oh, I see. It, yeah. It is in the boot of the skeleton. Um, and then you also find a rusty, if usable, short sword on the other one. I'm not sure that one's worth holding on to. Okay. Or, I mean, I guess I'll take it for the for investigating later anyway, as the hoarder instinct. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So those those are the, the two items. The other thing that both Mouse and Claren notice is um, a combo of two things. One with your sense of sonar. There is something else that is coming from this direction now, swimming through the water fast. Uh. Um, and you also notice that the blood of the creature that you've killed, while it hasn't spread all over, is starting to spread out through the water the way that blood is wont to do. Okay, so apparently like dolphins can make warning cries. I looked this up too. I can't listen to it right now because we're listening to this, but according, there's a video from One World, One Ocean that one day I'll listen to. Um, but imagine for now it's and that's my best way to communicate danger danger 
I recommend uh, that we get onto dry land and in human form and uh, you know, up to the north and create a, a phalanx with our um, uh, ranged weapons and spells ready for whatever's coming around the corner. Yeah. Fast. Amen. Let's go. All right. So I say um, I start moving up to uh, the north to this area where we have some dry land or what I think is dry land. And yeah, sharp pivot here for us there of all. We're, 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 getting, we're getting out. I, I assume Mouse Field Mouse is doing the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Hard, she's, hard, she's hard turn and going. Yeah. yeah. So just, just, and go ahead and move. Okay. Move her token. Wait, I want, the, I want the sea lion's fin. I want to like cut it off and get some scales oh on it. Oh my gosh. Oh, that, is this a good time for that? I wonder. You know, that, that's not the question I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mick is going to say to him, you know, it's a sea lion. If you don't take the whole body, people are just going to think that it was either a fish or a lion. Oh, oh my gosh, how dare you problem. kill him? <laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, and, and, I, and I will roll uh, persuasion okay, okay. if I need to. Is there okay. is there any effort to drag and the dragging of the mer beast would not be all that hard due to the fact that it's in water and if you've ever had a fish die in an aquarium they float guys they float <laughs> okay yeah I'll grab it underneath the scales and pull it in okay and I'm oh. a mouse field mouse and Claire and the dolphin are now turning into human form. And Crenshaw's right behind everybody else, but he was sort of waiting as people turned. He's still got that 30 feet of detect thoughts on. So when um, whatever well, it is. You're, you're getting a detect thought um, coming fast, coming real fast. There's a couple of them. They're coming real fast towards the smell of blood in the water. Okay. Right. I wonder if we want to just leave the sea lion in the water to feed whatever is coming towards us, oh. rather than bringing the bait with us onto the land, which has no utility. This is my prize. They can't have it. Okay. Oh I should have yes. bust you off my Where, Where's my bard? I'm no good at persuasion. So anyway, we should get out of the water. Crenshaw will come up and say, like, really fast uh, as the dolphins move, pull himself up onto the water. And if he know if he knows there are two sharks coming, he will communicate that. Just the sense that you got was hunger. Like mm -hmm. that was it. Like the the nuances of the sea lion are mm -hmm. replaced by just this pulsing drive to eat so he'll say there are two things coming i don't know what they are yet but i'm getting two sentient creatures um crenshaw is out of the water before theraval theraval is just getting out of the water as two big bull sharks um bite into the sea lion and it's like being pulled around and they are thrashing 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 with it um is there any light source that you all as you climb up onto the dry land are using because fence and crenshaw 
can see, but mouse, Claren. I have dark vision goggles. Oh, you have, do you really? Yep, I bought some last time we went shopping. Oh, okay. How many, how many people then can't see right now in our party? I think that see? might be you. That's it? That's all? Okay. Um, well, and I, actually, Mouse, hold on. Um, did I introduce Mouse Field Mouse as half-elf or as human? Remember. Have, what, how have you been picturing her? I've been picturing her. I was her picturing as, her as short, kind of like a <laughs> halfling. Well, yeah, not that, yeah. Very short. When elves are same as human height, I think she's human. She, you said she's, she's human. Not, yeah. So mouse, okay. mouse field mouse and um, Nick are the only two who can't see at the moment. Because um, I've, I've got dancing lights cantrip. If that would need, be perfect. Yeah. If we need so, light, I'll, I'll cast that just so that we can see a little bit further. Great. Um, yeah. So there are now dancing lights in here, which enables me to read the room description for you all. And that will probably bring us to the end. Um, so this cave is, um, while it is dry land, this cave is like moist all over, like the ceiling, the floor, and I say dry land, but it's much more like silt on the bottom. Like it's, it's rocky, but it's covered with an inch or two of silty slime. Um, vestiges of daylight trickle into this place. Uh, oh, sorry, I made you turn on dancing lights and I didn't read the description. Daylight trickle into this place, illuminating the walls and ceiling with undulating patterns. The smell of decaying seaweed is strong here. Do we think that this was the um, above water layer of the sea lion? Should I do a, uh, a perception check to see if I think that that would be the case? Sure. I rolled an uh, 18 plus nine is a 27. Amazing. Um, yeah, perhaps, although even with the 27, you're not, can, like the thing probably wallowed up here mm -hmm. and you can certainly see areas where it laid here as well as went into the water. Um, yeah, so, I mean, its layer could be here, or I mean, this could be the above ground part of it, or the above water part of it, and the subterranean, or subterranean, the sub, the aquatic part would have been the place that you were at before. Um, but I suppose with the 27, your sense is, there may be other things here. It's weird. The light that's flickering into the room, there are like, this is a cave, but there are like holes in the rock that le must lead all the way up 300 feet to the surface because are fissures in the rock because there is light that is trickling down here. And the other thing with the 27, is you notice that there is a room to your north. And I'm gonna do a little bit of polygon reveal here. 
because there is at least one really interesting thing in terms of a statue that is there and a pit um, that you are able to see sort of looking to the north. But I think we will have to stop what? there at the, at the moment. Hey, while, while we're relatively safe, can I do a quick perception check on that uh, trident? Sure, yeah. Are you looking to see if it's magic? Yeah, see if there's any magic on it, anything like that. And I got a seven, so there's that's useless. <laughs> Good try. Yeah, you know, I'll carry it with me. Yeah, it hey. is. It's big. Like I mean, for for a trident, it's more like a trident that a, a human or a normal merfolk would use. Um, it's perhaps twice that size. So it's more like a pole arm. Like you can hold it and lift it, especially as a dragonborn, but yeah. it is a massive. Oh, so this is like a, this is like a heavy two-handed weapon. Yeah. Uh, what, what is it like uh, with D6 or more? Oh, well, yeah. And I'm, That's I need to look to see what a normal trident would do. Yeah, I think it's, well, I think it's D6. Go yeah. ahead. No, that's cool. That's that's probably enough info. If this thing's super heavy and it's going to turn into an encumbrance problem, I mean, we're probably... no, no, no. I, I would like you to be able to use it. The okay. the issue is that when the Mer Beast used it, it did three d six plus four. I don't know that as a character that welding that big of weapon and doing three d six is a thing. So I'm thinking it's probably more like a two d six weapon in your arms, but I do want to emphasize that it's not like just a standard trident. I think a trident does 1d8 if I'm- Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, cool. That was, all, that was my last question. Pretty sweet Thank strong you. weapon. Hey, yeah. Yeah, so nice, nice weapon there, um, but not magical. Right, got it. Just really big. Yeah, anything else before? Uh, you should, I think, heal Mick. Oh, who's, yeah, who's hurt right now? You. Just you. Just me? Yeah, because the dolphins, we are, I lose, anyway, oh, I'm you, healed you now. Lose, okay. Oh, uh, Um. So before you use any spells, I can um, do some healing with just a, a key point. Please and do. I would be glad to uh, do so. Let me see what my, because I didn't even get to use a key point when uh, finishing off that, that big beast. Do we want to pass like an hour to short rest or? If we were to do that, then I could use like, you know, a number of key points. I forget how many hit points you're down, Mick. Uh, I'm down 17 points. Two seven. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm down 17 points. So yes, I think a short rest is probably a good idea. And then if I can get your whatever you're offering at the end of that. Yeah. So I'm I'm rolling lousy dice. So I have to uh, roll. I have to uh, burn through four key points to get to 27 healing. But I think that should do you. Yes. Uh, yes. You say twenty-seven healing. Yeah. 
Yeah, that'd get me. Yeah, so that should bring you back to 232. All right, thank you. Does thank anyone you. else need to be healed? Okay, great. I'll, I'll take a heal if you're gonna like tap people on the back. Definitely. Um, uh, how injured are you? Um, oh, very injured. I mean, uh, uh, three, just six hit points, but I'll, I'll okay. put it up like it's 30 if it means. So I'm gonna, oh, I rolled yeah. this. <laughs> so I just healed you for 10 hit points. I think that brings you up to full. Okay, thank you. Awesome. All right, is sure. it, Andy, is that all of your, your key points then? That's uh, five out of my six key points. Uh, I think I had you one, having used one key point when the, when the evening started. Oh, okay, it's been so long. So then, yeah, that's my sixth key point. Okay. You get all these every short rest? I do, can you believe it? That's amazing, what a, that's what awesome. a, what a deal. The, um, this is why they called me the plague doctor. Meanwhile, uh, Crenshaw will just be tossing Eldritch Blasts into the water because those sharks are sitting on our escape route. And that is, while other people are hearing, healing, Crenshaw will just be blasting sharks. Yeah, because we may have to um, encounter them later. Yep. As you're doing this, a short rest is normally an hour. You've done the healing about 10 minutes into the eldritch blast on the sharks that are feasting there is a noise from the room to the north of you uh-oh so you've done your healing you haven't gotten a short rest and there is a noise to the north and there are sharks to the south what a cliffhanger to be continued all right <laughs> Said about 10, 10 minutes. Yes. And I'm keyless. Okay. All right. But um, we have to we have to wrap. Um, but I think we're on next week, right? Yeah. Excellent. Yes. Awesome. So um, it's a cliffhanger, but not not the normal two-week version. So I will see everybody in a week if I don't see you before. Cool. And before you all go, if you're interested, I don't know if you're all Facebook users, but um, uh, I'm raising money for the foundation that supports medical research into my son, Juki's Rare Syndrome. And uh, we're almost at $7,000. Uh, it's in celebration of his 21st birthday yesterday. So if you wanna read more about it, um, oh, yeah. I just threw that into the chat if you're curious. Sweet, excellent. I, I might even go back on Facebook. If you if you'd rather not go on Facebook, then I can just give you the um, the blog entry uh, because I don't I don't blame you for not wanting to go on Facebook. And it's the same delightful photograph, and that's right there also in the chat. That's at my Substack. Fantastic, great, excellent. A wonderful Thanks. picture. Um, I will see everybody in, next week. Thanks for playing, everyone. Thanks, Carl, for hosting. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for listening to episode 14 of Ragged Coast. Um, next week, next Thursday, um, as always on Thursday, we will be uploading episode 
15. And episode 15 has the intriguing title, I Knew You Were a Sea Hag the Whole Time. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, which, I don't know, maybe, maybe not a spoiler. You, you sort of know where everybody is right now since you just listened to episode 14. Um, and we got another guest here, Hannah from Return of Dragons Hello. has joined us. And I'm, I'm also here, AJ, once again. Still, still hanging <laughs> around. The, also, from, also, also from Return of Dragons. Yeah. I'd like to say one last uh, fall, one last shout out to our Instagram. Um, new we'll, Instagram. Yeah, new, new Instagram. Instagram. Once Because we got locked out. Because, of course, we did, you know. Fun, it happens. Fun stuff. But hopefully posting stories. Um, it is house underscore rules.rpg, I believe, yes. unless it's different. House, H-A-U-S yes. underscore H-A-U-S. I don't rules think I said that in dot the RPG. So it's like the old one, but a little shorter, a little simpler. And hopefully. a lot more active. Yes, and hopefully, hopefully we'll have hopefully. some posts really soon yeah. and get some stories up and going. Oh, so. one other thing. We're also going to be trying to record some fun, like, character sketches and stuff and i know we've been doing a lot of a lot of ragged coast here got a couple of folks asking when we're going to get back to return of dragons and there are episodes um since we produce those with a little more care and high quality production val um, value those are coming along but we're gonna switch over to those soonish right yeah Awesome. Well, I've already got one in the in the backlog. Oh, so. okay. So yeah, so uh, looking look for a special episode, some character background stuff, uh, continuing with Ragged Coast for a while, and maybe we'll also start um, getting a few Return of Dragons. So if you were with the adventures of Sather and Immortalia and Quinn and those folks, um, we're still playing. We just got a backlog of them. So, okay. Hey, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. See ya.